Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Best ball season never sleeps. We're always drafting. And we're in the midst of what I'm calling fake rumor season or maybe some real rumor season. But we got nothing really happening on the NFL calendar. But we are getting little glimmers of news. Some coaches want some certain players. Supposedly, Chad Johnson, a.k.a. Ocho Cinco, is leaking Steelers news. It's sorts of chaos. And what can we do during this time period to maybe gain a little bit of an edge when people are reacting to things that are probably not notable? That's what we're going to try to do tonight in a best ball draft here in February. Don't tell, don't tell anybody we're drafting in February. Let's do it. Good evening, good evening, or good morning, good morning, whatever, wherever you're at in the world, Omega King, thank you. What's up, Steph? Is this going to be a four-hour draft? God, I hope not. My body can, I think I'm still tired from the uh, four-hour draft. Rob, what's in there is our good friend, Rob. He's here. It's me. <laughs> All right. First question: Where are you? Because I can already tell your service is a uh, 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 hotel level and probably like haunted hotel level uh, service. It's actually a brand new hotel. If it's not it looks, working good, I can try fun. to upgrade it. Yeah, I brought uplighting. Who doesn't go to Indiana and bring their own uplighting? <laughs> who does? You should have stopped at who doesn't go to Indiana, and I would say <laughs> that's an easy question uh, uh, to answer. But yeah, um, I. Don't like to admit this, but there were even questions last night during the, the the show of where's Rob? Where's Rob? And I was like, oh, boy, that's a bad sign of things if people are asking about um, where Sorry Rob is. You all down. Yeah. I'm here tonight to steer this ship to try to keep it to an hour and 15 minutes at most. So, yes, we will. Yes, I'm in I'm in Indiana. I was traveling. Uh, we will keep it work. from being a uh, a four hour draft. What's up, fantasy fantasy dog? Uh, thank you for uh, liking and 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 subscribing. Adorable if new, dog. If you're yes, beautiful beautiful beast. Uh, you have there. Quickly before we start to get into things, if you are hanging out with us, we would appreciate any like and subscribe would be would be awesome, super helpful for us. And uh, Rob, I was mentioning in the intro before we hop into a draft. How like this feels like 
<laughs> so Formula One is about to start. And uh, my wife is very excited, even more excited than I am. I have I have built a monster here. Like I know about everything happening in Formula One because of my wife. And we, we got into this because of the Netflix uh, series. So that's it's a it's an interesting household um, I have here. But they have this uh, stage during kind of the calendar of Formula One that they call silly season because there's no like free agency periods or drafts or whatever. It's just like guys can be sign new contracts or be let go or whatever, like at any point in time, like you're racing for a team and like, Oh, you got three quarters of the season left to go. And you find out you're going to be gone at the end of the year, just like randomly and guys move around and stuff right now feels like silly season in like the fantasy football calendar. Like the moment I saw people being like, yeah, Chad Ocho Cinco was leaking the Pittsburgh Steelers, Russell Wilson rumors. I was like, I, I think we are uh, out over our skis a little bit looking for news. And I, maybe he knows something that, you know, the rest of the world doesn't know. It's possible, I guess. But like we are grasping for any straw that we can then we can find from a news perspective to like lead us to something. Right. Like who is the Steelers quarter? Where's Russell Wilson going to play? Who's the Falcons quarterback going to be like? Who's going to draft? Right. Jaden Daniels. Who's going to draft? blah, blah, blah. We're looking for anything. And I feel like that's actually kind of a fun time to draft because there's basically no other than people just learning things about the, the player pool and stuff. There's no reason ADP should be changing at all right now. Like nothing should be shifting because there's nothing happening, but things will change and players will draft different based on like what I would call silly season. Yeah. I mean, in fairness though, doesn't Russell Wilson to the Steelers just feel like a Steelers move? It does. Like that just it feels like a Mike Tomlin wants a Russell Wilson to try to get the ball to, you know, Pickens and Deontay Johnson. It definitely and some it definitely, sometimes the former players are tapped in more than the reporters are because the players feel more comfortable. So yeah, I mean like, it's like Chad Ochocinco yeah. or Mike Florio, who are you <laughs> who are you trusting more? Yeah, exactly. Or, or, or rap report or, you know, are we doing, are we doing rap sheet stuff or are we doing Ocho Cinco stuff? But yes, yeah, <laughs> silly season is the perfect explanation for drafting big board teams in February and trying to figure out all of this stuff. But we're, we're already getting close. Tags are coming up soon. We're already hearing the tag rumors as well. Saquon Barkley not getting tagged. Does he go to the Houston Texans? Do we get some sort of elite backfield presence with that team? Does that hurt the passing game? Does I mean Saquon on on Houston feels like a smash, right? Like if, great... if he's got any juice left. Yeah, I haven't thought a lot about Saquon. That's an inch. I just been stone fading Saquon at this current ADP because it feels like I I, I actually don't know. <clears throat> we got a new edition of the Sicko survey for anybody that has purchased the Almanac, which there's a link in the description to get our 2024 Best Ball Almanac, which covers like all of our advice and rankings literally through the end of the season. So uh, even in-season tournaments and all that kind of stuff are covered with the Almanac for a one-time fee. We just posted um, at the end of of last week, uh, the second edition of the survey, and we're about to post probably tomorrow, the third edition of the survey. And one of the questions that's in the survey this week <clears throat> was about uh, players that like you are just lower than the market on and like you're not going to change like it like basically nothing can can change you on that fact. And uh, Bernie's answer was Saquon Barkley. 
And I, I don't even, I don't, I, I, we can pull it up in a minute when we hop into a draft, but Saquon's ADP really doesn't make a lot of sense to me. And I think it's because of what you just said at the very end, like if he has juice left and I'm not so sure that, he, <laughs> that he does like the situation with the Giants last year was not awesome from a, a team offensive standpoint, but like, we don't, there's not that many backs that had a, a higher volume projection week to week than he did. And like, he was getting as much opportunity as anybody else in the league and doing the equivalent of nothing with it from a, a fantasy perspective. And so Houston would obviously be a, a very nice upgrade, but like, is he like, I, this is going to sound crazy. I know how much better is Saquon Barkley than, you know, Devin Singletary, a league average ish running back. Right. And like, I, I don't know. I like, I don't know at, at this stage. So how much more are we going to get out of Saquon Barkley than you were getting out of Devin Singletary for the Texans? I don't, I don't, I don't know that there's that substantial of a difference, but the name sounds great. I'm just not, I'm just not sold that. And, and I could be wrong, right? These guys sometimes just come back and bounce back and uh, find the fountain of youth. I'm not sure that he is it. He just turned 27 a few days ago. Right. So he hasn't hit that 28 age that we kind of look for. Yeah. And I feel like even though like he's a quote unquote workhorse, he still hasn't had the volume based because of injuries and stuff like that, that other 28 year old workhorse running backs have in their career. So I do think that he's one of those backs that a change of scenery could help him rewind the clock. 90% of the time they don't. Right. Like, and we know that, like usually once a team moves on, but the, the circumstances behind this Giants team, what they've looked like, Saquon with the contract, that team couldn't do anything last year. They, they're Tommy Cutlets was their quarterback for a while. Right. Like, let's not <laughs> let's not forget that. They, he had he had a cartoon character manager on the field at some point, <laughs> hooking him up for Pizza Hut signatures that were going awry. That was the 2023 New York Giants. So. Saquon sounded fed up. He he sounded like a bitter man. Like I, I wouldn't be shocked if he was protecting himself somewhat throughout the year. Not not saying that he wasn't trying or anything, but dude, like this seems like I want to bet on it now before he goes to Houston and the ADP gets out of control. And we see this and we talk about this with every if we're gonna bet on him, now is the time to do it. And if you don't want to bet on him to your point, you don't have to, but if you are interested in Saquon, these are the time to get the shares because he signs with Houston. He's moving up. He's never moving down. I mean, whoever he signs with, right? We, we, we do this with quarterbacks. We do this with receivers. We do this with running backs. Guys that have these uncertain situations of where they're playing don't drop after they sign with a team, even if they sign with the worst team in the league. It's like, okay, now I know Adam Thielen has signed with a team. He's with <laughs> Carolina Panthers. He still moves up. We knew it was going to be a bad offense. We knew Adam Thielen was old, right? And yet his ADP still rose from that. And I think that's the perfect example to be like, if you want to be in on these guys that have the uncertain futures, this is the time to do it. My only pushback slash contention with that would be the price on Saquon is a little bit different than the historical um, like free agent situation like that. Like I, I, it's, it seems priced in that he's still good. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and that he's going to land somewhere where he's just still going to be like the workhorse. Like, look, I'll, I'll pull it. I'll, I'll just, well, let's just pull it up right away. Uh, I'm yeah. Well, strap. you're pulling that up. I know he's going high and he theoretically could be overvalued now, but he's still going to rise is the point. Right. Is, is my only contention with it. It's like, you think so? I, if he signs with a Houston like early third round running backs are not rising like, you know how hard it is for a running back to rise period right now. It's pretty mm-hmm. tough. Like, you know, it, it takes a lot. I mean, at the two, three turn last year was Tony Pollard and Josh Jacobs and those guys, and they had locked in workhorse roles and Saquon that doesn't have that right now. And if he doesn't get that, is he still going to go with the two, three turn? Like I, I, I would be I, I think he is a much more strong bet to fall than he is Ooh. uh to rise. We might need to take a bet on this one though. There we go. I still I still think he's gonna rise. I okay. I, I think I'm I don't know why I'm locked in on this Houston thing with Saquon. It just feels it feels up D'Amico Ryan's alley to have a guy like Saquon just anchoring that team, getting some of that pressure off of CJ Stroud, a guy he can check down to. And if you can somehow, I don't know, I, I think he's a free agent this year, but I, I mean, that whole backfield could look different. Oh, yeah. right. Like this year, this whole, so I, I mean, maybe it is a matter of where he goes, but I think whoever's taking Saquon is probably taking him with the intent to give him some sort of workforce role. Yeah, so I, I would I would think I would think so, but there's like varying levels of that too, right? Like a, a sixty five percent versus like he was like ninety five. He was CMC. He was like you know <laughs> dollar store CMC or whatever with the with the Giants, and going to what is more of a like Isaiah Pacheco was kind of like a modern workhorse, right? Mm-hmm. Like Ceh comes in a little bit to keep him fresh um mckinnon comes in just here and there but pacheco plays 65 70 percent of the snaps gets let's just call it 70 percent of the work there is a huge difference between 95 percent of the work and 70 percent of the work for a running back and so i think that's my greatest even more so than like is he still good <laughs> which is a pretty big concern too for for yeah. a running back so uh we'll come up with the, i like this one we'll come up with a a bet for for something whether or not uh, we'll just call it 28 we'll round it up to 28 adp and uh when the so after free agency and the draft and everything if he is higher or lower than a 28 adp rob or i will pay off a bet we'll do something on it on a show Um, when so when the main contest no hot dogs involved is my only rule Oh man, that's going to upset the chat. So this actually gives the chat <laughs> a chance throughout this show to come up with what they want us to make this bet on. I think we could probably do it when Best Ball Mania pops, right? Like we can say, mm-hmm. what is his ADP when when Best Ball Mania drops? Is is the is the way we can do this bet? So I think he's going to be higher than twenty eight. You think he's going to be lower, and twenty eight's a push, and we both. <laughs> And we both have to suffer whatever the thing is if he's twenty eighth. Yeah. <laughs> I'll take that. I, 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 as long as as long as I'm not the sole loser, I think I can accept <laughs> uh, uh, this bet. Yeah, no, no hot dogs. We are definitely cowards. Um, I just a fun fun fact about that for anybody that's new and they're like, why the hell is this moron talking about hot dogs? Uh, you can go back and watch. It, that was last summer, right? 
or two summers. Summer before. Jesus, two years. Wow. That's uh, how long two, we've been working together. Yeah, that's sad. Uh, two two years ago, over the summer, we did a, a few different drafts, but in particular, the one that is, has been most notable was we did a hot dog eating competition draft. For every pick that we made, we had to, just like in the Nathan's hot dog eating contest, we had to eat a hot dog plus, plus the bun. And uh, I think I got eight. I think if I recall, I got through eight. And it was honestly one of the most miserable experiences I have ever uh, gone through in, in my entire life. This yeah. also absolutely happened. Uh, uh, RGT here in the in the chat says, Rob, uh, at about hot dog eight also forgot to hit the mute button and uh, or I forgot to hit the mute button because I was in so much pain and then laughing so hard at Rob that we got full-blown regurgitation on on the stream <laughs> so it's pretty legendary but it has ruined hot dog not that anybody loves hot dogs anyways but like I would like we like to go to baseball games and stuff like that and I used to enjoy like give me a burger like a hot dog at the baseball game and now I'm like I got to like take the long path around like the even the stands or the guys walking down the aisle with the hot dogs and sir get the fuck away from me because I don't even want that smell near me. And it's I've totally en- ruined hot dogs. I've enjoyed one hot dog since and it was when we were in Nashville and we had drank maybe 35 drinks that night and just food <laughs> in general was needed. So other than yes. that though, no hot dogs for me. All right, we're going to hop into this draft here in in 1 second. The counterpoint to the Saquon thing, so to to not countering to like whether his ADP <clears throat> goes up or down. The but what you were saying about like you feel strongly about this connection to to the Texans, it's how I feel about Blake Corum to the Los Angeles Chargers. Mm-hmm. Um, his college coach is there. They basically don't have an NFL running back on the roster. You know, Austin Eckler will be gone, and it's Joshua Kelly and uh, Isaiah Spiller and like bums, right? And they're starting over on offense. They don't have fun. They don't have salary cap space to bring on a uh, a you know like big time running back. That's why Eckler is going to be gone. It Blake Corum to the Chargers is another one of those where like I'm just sucking it up and drafting him even though I don't really like the guy because I have the same feeling as you do about Saquon there. And then as I get into this draft here, first, if you have not drafted on drafters with us uh before, you're going to love it. Hop on in. If you're depositing for the first time, you can use promo code SPIKE S P I K E and you'll get a 100% deposit bonus. Uh, up to a hundred dollars. Uh, the drafters drafts are a ton of fun. That's what we're going to hop in here right now. But what do you think? So Saquon's not coming back, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Oh boy, we got to finish fix. Uh, we got to fill all twelve of these. So we, if you're if you're watching, uh, we need eleven of you. If Saquon's gone, what happens to the Giants' backfield? Like how? Like I don't really think it's going to be Eric Gray or or Matt Breida Eric Gray's or whatever. Your boy. I know I drafted some Eric Gray last year. Uh, do I get to roll that over into this season? You but should no. be able to. What happens? Like, who should we be thinking of? Right? Who would you be thinking about? Just rookies, or do the Giants like we're going to kick Saquon to the curb? But there's a whole crop of other dusty veterans, right? Derrick Henry and Eckler and Pollard and maybe Josh Jacobs. Is it somebody like that you think that the Giants end up with, or is it more so on the rookie side of things? They, they have to go rookie because they need to – I think they have bungled their whole situation over the last, you know, two or three years. We were excited for the Giants' potential two years ago, 
And it just feels like they're doing nothing to churn that that organization as a whole in, in sort of the roster department. So the receivers, I mean, how is Darius Slayton coming up and being your best <laughs> receiver every year at this point? He's been in the league since 1979, it feels like. <laughs> and he just and they just sit him on the bench. They threaten to cut him. Then at week five, they're like, guess we gotta unload the the Darius Slayton stocks and just throw him <laughs> on the field to see what he does, right? So I, I don't know if they go veteran or rookie at running back. Maybe they bring in a veteran and try to re bolster that that wide receiver core. I don't know, man. That Giants team just feels like it's it's a mess. That Daniel Jones contract is oof, you know, not looking great. It wasn't, I mean, it wasn't looking great when he signed it in the first place. I mean, we didn't want to see him get injured. I don't know, dude. The Giants just feel like an, an overall mess that they they just almost need to start over. I, I feel the same way, except it is funny because I think everybody feels that way. And we're in a situation where two years ago, the Giants were like, I'm trying to think of what would be the comp to them, you know, from it's not like a, the Seahawks or the Bucks or well, maybe it's a little bit like the Bucks, not necessarily total fantasy production. You know, they didn't have a Mike Evans <clears throat> or uh, you know, Kate Otten or whatever, but the team that everybody thought was dust ends up in the playoffs, right? It totally exceeds expectations. Daniel Jones was an awesome fantasy pick. You know, Saquon to a, a lesser extent, whatever. And then last year happens, and it was bad. It was about as bad as it gets. Like, I, there's no really, um, you know, pulling any punches with that. It just is what it is. But now it's like I'm I'm trying to think of the highest drafted guy who's going to for sure be on the Giants this coming year, and it's like Wandale at like pick 150. <laughs> And it's like, <laughs> like the whole, like Wandale gets drafted. Jalen Hyatt gets drafted. Daniel Jones gets drafted. Darren Waller gets drafted, but they're like all super late. I don't even know if that Darren Waller will be back. We'll see about that. Um, but it's like the market has completely given up on the giants when two years ago, like they were like Daniel Jones and, um, uh, who was it else that was on like was on Kareem's BBM winning team? Daniel Jones was one of, if not the best quarterback pick, I guess it was probably Hertz. And then like Daniel Jones were the best quarterback picks in all, all of best ball. And Saquon was great, right? We've been still drafting Saquon in like the second round uh, for the last couple of years. We were somewhat excited for Darren Waller last year. That was an epic disaster, but it's like, don't we, we don't we us yeah, on that one. We, I, yeah. <laughs> I, hey, I, I will, I will, be happy i will happily say darren waller was not one of my guys um last year but I, it just feels to me like it's still brian dayball there's still like some elements of of two years ago that i think we can get excited about i'm pretty confident wandale's like a competent nfl player they're they they, they should have money to spend on something i just I don't know what it is. Like I, I would love to buy the, you know, buy the dip, if you will, on on the Giants, but I don't really know how to do it other yeah, than where? like Wandale Robinson. That's it. Yeah, it's like saying we have these fifty stocks in in the bank here, and we want to buy the dip on on one of them that's actually going to explode. How do you pick it if they're yeah. all the same thing? Like, and nobody knows who they are. So it, it's just it's a shot in the dark. That was a bad analogy, by the way. 
as someone that hates bad analogies when they get given out, I, I apologize. But we we just don't know who to buy through. And I also wonder if the Giants are sort of are they are they relying on the coach to do too much? Right. Mm-hmm. And I, I think mm-hmm. there's some teams that are like think that the coach can always sort of fill in the gaps, but there's too many gaps to fill in sometimes, right? We yeah. just saw that where I live in New England. They they got real cocky in that coaching staff. If if you heard some of the and I'm not saying it was Belichick, but there were other coaches that, you know, right before Brady left, they were like, Well, we don't need Brady. We can win as long as we have a top twenty quarterback. And you're just like okay dude and then you're trying to fill in they did it with receiver their entire career so they they were trying to Mm. you know hide deficiencies with either coaching or other players elevating and i don't know if the giants have enough talent elsewhere to do that no matter how good dayball is you could be the best coach if you don't have the players to implement what you're trying to do like it just doesn't matter Right. And no. I do still think that Dayball is a is a good coach, but I like the Patriots thing because and I, it's possible the Patriots uh, having some success two years ago uh, with Mac, you know, the or, the origin story of Mac Jones in the NFL was like, oh, maybe he's not that bad. You know, like he came in and it was OK. The Patriots were OK. Like all things seemed fine right Damian Harris had 20 freaking touchdowns or whatever it was you know a billion touchdowns uh Ramondre was good right the the offense Mac Jones uh, Mac Jones was like fine well I guess that was three years ago anyway uh clearly uh, I can't keep track of all the years hot dogs day ball Mac Jones (laughs) all this kind of stuff but yeah the the hot wings that's all uh clearly uh ruined my my brain but I think that some of that can and probably what happened to the Giants is they were like oh no this isn't too bad you know, they made the playoffs. They're like, this isn't too bad. And then you start to look actually at the roster and it's like, that was a lot of smoke and mirrors, you know, and maybe a little bit of, of uh, uh, overperformance that then leads them to, to this spot. But this is then the spot from a fantasy football and a best ball perspective where I really would like to buy. But like you said, I'm struggling to do it. I know you're a big Jamar Chase guy. We are now on the clock at the 105. Is that where you would like to go? Yeah, you flipped. The, I mean, I like that you flipped the build last night, but let's let's take the Jamar Chase team. Yep. Because I think this is going to line up with some of the stuff we're talking about if we take Jamar Chase. Maybe we'll see. I'm not but, taking Saquon. You can't. <laughs> we can. We can have that discussion in the third round. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So we'll I'll have take, that. But I'll take him if he goes after pick 28. How about that? Then I can. I can. Can win we can lower his adp so i can potentially win this bet but then i can let you have your guy there and i did like that draft you did last night from what i could see before i went on to an aircraft where you did flip the build with Brees hall a little bit right mm-hmm. you pulled him up i can't remember it's a witch pick but just pull yep yeah pulling him up just a few spots to get that different build and i think that's going to be something you see us do at least me do on some streams this year, this summer, this entire best ball season, this, the groundhog saw a shadow. We have six more months of best ball. (laughs) (laughs) So that's a, yeah, I wake up every morning and I see my shadow and I realize I have to draft (laughs) teams for six more months. (laughs) Um, What's been your favorite. So speaking of like flipping that build, <clears throat> or just like for the, that first round, I, I, we take the first round for granted a lot. 
I do for sure. I think a lot of people do because it's it's kind of the least interesting thing to discuss. But how have you been? Have you been doing like, you know, I know, like I said, I know you like Jamar Chase and and the, the, the subtle nuances of, like you said, pulling a guy up. It doesn't seem like a lot, but pulling Brees Hall up three or four picks, pulling Jamar Chase up for, you know, four picks or whatever to the one on one. It does get you like you'll be shocked at the uh, player combination, you know, exposures that the the rest of our opponents have just, just by moving a guy, a couple pieces around the board. But I also don't want to be underexposed to Justin Jefferson or CD lamb or whatever, because I'm moving Jamar chase around the board. I still like, I'm let's say, I'm not saying I'm doing this, but let's say I'm like, I want to get overweight Jamar chase. So I'm willing to like pull him up occasionally, but then how are you thinking about, well, I, I still want to get my eight or ten percent CD Lamb. I still want to get my eight or ten percent Justin Jefferson. How do you how do you think about that as someone who I know has historically done done this quite a bit? Um, I think I'm actually the more I, I, all transparency. I don't plan on maxing the big board. That's not going to be one of the tournaments I max this year. Mm-hmm. So I think the way I want to attack it is to be more stand heavy in that first round. So I think what I'm going to do for this tournament, I'll talk about it after our pick. We got Nico, Rasheed Rice, Saquon Barkley, Devontae Adams, Debo. Where are you leaning here, Nico or Rice? So who would be if we if if we take Jamar Chase? I think we need to take Nico here, because um, Nico, you know, in eighty, it's not like that big of a deal. Yeah, but Nico at sixteen, you know, we took Jamar Chase build. right at ADP. <clears throat> And if if we think that a lot of these second round wide receivers are fairly similar, right? Rushy Rice, Devontae Adams, Debo, mm-hmm. Nico, whatever. We all have our preferences. As you see with me, I've taken mostly Devontae, uh, Olave, and and Rashi Rice. You can see it on your screen. And I haven't taken as much Nico. I had some Nico, of course. But um, the perfect time to take those guys when you are slightly lower, you know, exposed to them is oh, he fell f- five picks or whatever. Yeah. And I took Jamar Chase at ADP. He's like, now I got this thing that I, I can't get if I try, right? You can't get Jamar Chase, Nico Collins, if you're trying. So now's the perfect time to be like, oh, okay, I'm not going to be so stubborn on Devontae Adams. I already have Devontae Adams and Jamar Chase. I already have Rashi Rice and Jamar Chase. I don't have Nico Collins and Jamar Chase. So this is a good time to get my my Nico Collins, Collins in a, just a slightly unique way. Yeah, that's, that's fair. And what I was going to say about what I'm doing with my early builds is – I think I'm just passing CMC and Tyreek all together. I'm you're, leaning you're towards such an ageist. You're such an ageist. And I and I'm thinking about doing it with CD Lamb too. Ooh, and just having spicy. and just having just having this crazy Jefferson and Chase portfolio. Right? I've Where I'm about just that. mixing those two in. Again, I'm not doing 150 on this one. I don't think so. So still just being overweight to the field while not maxing who do you like here um no one did did say did your boy go he did wow i kind of like i'm already losing this fucking bet (laughs) whoever took him i'll do i'm I'm down for waddle i haven't taken him obviously i think we I, i think i took him in the big board i'm showing my little board exposures here um gotcha on this but 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 I like Waddle because of what I was just talking about, right? Like if I'm going to be fading Tyreek Hill, I like to be overweight on Jalen Waddle. 
because we know that's still an, and I'm not saying that Tyreek can't be explosive next year. It's just, if I'm going to fade Tyreek, I want to be slightly over the field a bit on Jalen Waddle to sort of lean into that bet, sort of double dip on that bet in two rounds. I'm yep. making a bet in the first round and then I'm sort of same game parlaying it <laughs> with, with, you know, I, I bet, uh, it's just it's just a bet that I that I like to put together. Right, you and, bet Tyreek uh, under Ty, the team. The other team's going to take Tyreek away, but the Dolphins aren't going to get shut down. So where's the ball going to go? Right, going to go to J, it's going to go to Jalen Waddle. Right, and if Tyreek Hill's still out there, but maybe he's not he's not the first round pick you want. Right, he's 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 still out there helping the offense, but he's not necessarily doing what he did last year. That's freeing things up for someone in the offense. And they only got one other dude in the offense that is freeing it, freeing it up for the other thing that I did last night, not the same as this. Um, but you mentioned like possibly a, a fade or an underweight stance on Christian McCaffrey. And last night I took Debo Samuel in the third round. Mm. And then, so you're talking about like from a portfolio perspective, how to take the bet that you're trying to make, right? You believe that fading Tyree kill, is is like an edge in this in this tournament right the person doesn't have to agree or disagree but you can take the concept from it yep you believe that fading tyree kill is a positive in this tournament so one that could say i want to fade the dolphins or the dolphins passing game or something you could say okay you know if tyreek goes down the whole offense might tank so i'm going to fade them or right it's maybe just not as much Tyreek and Waddle takes that next step and also stops getting hurt every goddamn play during the entire season. That would be nice. And so Waddle's taking that next step. So he's undervalued, but Tyreek is overvalued because Waddle is elevating and Tyreek's maybe coming back down to the field a little bit. It's a way to say my first round bet is this and then what, right? So I, so I got that right. What happens? And that's the, that's like the, the Debo thing. I have Brees Hall, not Christian McCaffrey last night. Go if you haven't watched, go back and draft. Uh, go back and draft. Go back and watch the draft from last night. I have Brees Hall, not Christian McCaffrey. That's not like necessarily some big thing that I have to do, but I end up with Debo Samuel on the team, and I say, "All right, I have Debo, and I don't have CMC." So I get later in the draft. I say, "Who fits this kind of thing?" Uh, Eli Mitchell. Cause it's like, if CMC goes down now, I got two players out 10% of my roster. It's getting a big boost, right? It's getting really elevated. If that one thing happens and there's a bunch of little things that we can do that way, both like you're talking about from a portfolio perspective and from individual, like pairings of players within a, a specific draft that I think is like really underutilized. Yeah. And it allows you to pull up other players, which we'll talk about after we make our next draft pick. I would like to take a wide receiver. I still think here. Who do you like? T. Zay, Amari, Jaden Reed. I mean, do we like Zay? Do we do we like T. Just to go for the double, in case he I, goes back? I don't really want to go for the double. I'm going to put Zay on there because I haven't really taken him. Um, I like I, I like Zay. That, that was like my my initial read was Zay, and then I was just kind of thinking maybe we want to look at potential doubles or i think it's a great way to play the t thing it's like well do you want the Bengals double or if t goes elsewhere you still now have a potential number one somewhere else as well so i think i prefer it that way then mm-hmm. the cost is okay t's t's new price is is much better and burrow's price is a little bit better than it was before but 
something we're working on behind the scenes, <clears throat> a bunch of different kind of research projects. But one of them is like this idea of really expensive stacks. Like when you have to pay through the nose for all the pieces from within a stack, is that good? Or, and, and there's not, there's generally not good or bad in, <clears throat> in, in best ball. There, there are some things, but very few things. Is it like, yes or no, it's like shades of gray, but like, at, at what point are you hurting yourself most of the time by spending X draft capital on one stack? Right. And um, like, I mean, I think about the 49ers is the, the perfect example this year or the chargers a couple of years ago, like McCaffrey in the first round, Ayuk and Debo at the two, three turn Kittle in round seven and Purdy in round eight. It's like, you just spent like every dollar in your auction draft on this entire offense. Like it, that's going to be really hard for them to pay you all, like all of them to pay you off. I don't think the Bengals are, are that. And you have the potential for T to uh, move on, but uh, we are back. We are back on the clock. I'm quite interested in Andrews here. Actually, uh, even though we don't have Lamar, I love adding the like kind of these secondary stacks, yeah. even without the quarterback. Yeah, um, Andrews was who jumped out to me here. Okay. I don't have mm -hmm. him with any, with either of my. So you can see my percentages here. Uh, mm -hmm. That I know it's it. If you have the draft hacker, when you're hovering over it like I am, you'll see it. It gives you a what we call a tool tip that pops up and says, "Oh, this is what this means." Streamyard um, doesn't allow it. Yeah, the streamyard doesn't doesn't show it. I don't really know why, but they don't. But so anyway, the first number that you see here on mine is just the percentage that I have drafted that player. The second percentage that you have is the percentage of the time I've drafted them with my first quarterback. So obviously we haven't taken a quarterback yet. So that's going to be 0% for everybody until we take a quarterback that'll update. The third number that I use is the percentage of the time I drafted them with my first round pick. And the last one is with my second round pick. So um, I like to use that as sort of tiebreakers and just like, helping me stay informed about my, like the goals and things like you, you talked about, like some of your goals, right? I'm trying to, I want to take a big overweight stand on Jefferson and chase in this tournament. That's my goal. Okay. Mm -hmm. That's good. So let's do that. Then I use those percentages to be like, okay, this is my Jefferson team. When I reach a tier where I'm like, uh, I'm trying to take a big stand on Jefferson, but I got 80% of, of Mark Andrews with Jefferson and 0% of Trey McBride with Jefferson. And it's like that I don't want. Um, and so that's kind of where I, like I said, I will break, break some of these ties along with obviously the other stuff, correlations and, and stacks and, and all, and obviously roster construction. But, um, I've been trying to use that, especially in the big board because, um, I'm, I'm, I'm taking some pretty big stands like you are too, but I don't want to take stands that are like unintentional. Like, like you said, if I want to take that Jefferson stand, I want to take that Jefferson stand. But when I get to the sixth round, like the human brain just you just keep clicking the same shit all the time mm -hmm. and you don't even know it and yep. i'm trying to make sure that i don't do that specifically yeah you you get kind of sucked into a pattern yep we got in the chat frank evans asking us where we think mike evans is going to end up at and i would just like to say that there might be some insider information frank <laughs> evans are you related to mike evans do you know <laughs> are you are you baiting us because you know the answer to this so if That's you our, know Frank, there's please a let space us know. between the at this is i'm going full riddler this is a, there's a space between the at and the question marks which means like he like paused after he said it which is insinuating <laughs> that he knows something and he's waiting to dunk on us if we get this this question incorrect 
Yeah. So tell us, please. Yes, we Frank, please. All, It'll help us out. This too. is freaking me out a little bit. Um, a a coach, a sports coach from my alma mater, my high school, where I went to where I went to high school. Uh, his name is. Frank Evans, uh, he just retired, but he coached me when I was in high school. Like he coached, like he's coached for, I think it was like 35 years or something like that. And he was a, a coach at my high school and his name is Frank Evans. So it's, this is freaking me out like a, a little bit. Um, the fact that there's someone named Frank Evans in the chat and I know very closely, uh, someone named Frank Evans, but this Frank Evans says he thinks Kansas city. We'll talk about that in just a second. See, I hate this part of the draft. Because of all, it's, yeah, it's just constant right. running backs. Take Burrow. I would like to take Joe Burrow. Yeah. Take Burrow. Yeah, Burrow's the pick here. See, so this worked out here. You want to know another galaxy brain thing that is uh, fun about this particular team that we drafted. We can't get week 17 stacks and playoff stacks and all that kind of stuff. But the Ravens and the Bengals are in the same division. So mm-hmm. we got, we know they're going to play twice. And it's, you know, so we got, a, we got, uh, more potential of some playoff correlations uh, with this with this team. See, Felix knows Felix, winner of the DraftKings Millie from a couple of years ago. He was also coached by Frank Evans when when we were in high school. So uh, a, a little freaky, but yeah. If you had to bet on a Mike Evans destination back in Tampa, KC, Tennessee, what do what are you thinking, dude? I I want it to be KC. But I can't imagine it, doesn't it? I don't, because I don't want to draft Mike Evans at the one-two turn. That's that's a good point. But doesn't I know they just re-signed Nelson Aguilar, so they might be tight with cap space. But maybe, maybe <laughs> Baltimore. Maybe Baltimore would be yeah. a fun fit for Mike Evans with Lamar. I need to look up their uh, their, their cap caps, numbers. Their, their, yeah, their their cap stuff. That's a team that I haven't really uh, done. Yeah, it's same. been mostly like the the your barbell uh, approach to, to looking at cap numbers, like the teams that have a bunch of space and the teams that have, uh, you know, are 60 million over the cap, like the bills and the, and the chargers and the saints and stuff that I've been focusing on. So I need to uh, take a look at that. I, so my take on the chiefs specifically is I don't see it. Like it would be wild to me to win back-to-back super bowls with this. Oh, God, see this area of the draft is just disgusting. I think you you like Christian Watson a good clip, right? Yeah, I I, I mean I just like having a Green Bay wide receiver Packers, in general. Yeah, because so. you, you don't you don't have anything special you like about these this particular area no. of running backs, right? No, it's quite disgusting to be honest. This whole area. I'm of actually draft. offended that I have to look at that. <laughs> what is the Nick Chubb, Austin Eckler, Tony? It's like we got to this range of the draft where nobody knows really what to do. Like we've exhausted all of our, I like these guys options <laughs> ahead of here. So everybody just tossed all the Island of misfit toys that nobody knows what to do with. None of the wide receivers go here. They just said the free agent veteran running backs, the quarterbacks that were like, mm, you know, I don't know so much about Jordan love, right? Justin Herbert, Kyler Murray. Like we just lumped all these question marks for like t- a round and a half straight. So I just find myself scrolling, constantly scrolling past uh, all of them. I keep seeing people bring up Houston for another wide receiver, and it just doesn't feel like an area of need for them, really, right? I mean, they got two superstars already. Technically, they got you could, Nico. You could, they got you could, Tank. You could bring a third, but I also feel like uh, so to close my uh, 
Casey thought, and then I'll I'll, I'll do the mm-hmm. the Texans. It would be wild to me to they they basically went to this full money ball approach at, at wide receiver. They traded Tyree Kill in his prime, probably the most. I'm not going to say the best wide receiver, but the most dangerous, most impactful wide receiver in the NFL to what he does to defenses who had had insane success in Kansas city. They traded him in his prime to get out ahead of this concept that they're implementing and kind of play money ball at wide receiver, right? Draft some guys, not even necessarily in the first round, but draft some guys, right? Sky Moore with, but Rashi rice hit pay some, some role playing MBSs trade for Kadarius, Tony, right? Sign Richie James, like the take shots on Justin Ross and all these guys. They're trying to, you know, comb through the cheapies to find the fits to go with Patrick Mahomes so that they can have an elite offensive line, that they can have a great defense. And that model has worked. They just won back-to-back Super Bowls with that model. Why would you then go back? Like if you wanted to pay an old veteran wide receiver, you would have just kept Tyreek Hill because he's way better than Mike Evans. Like I feel like because their wide receivers suck, everybody keeps wish casting one of these veteran free agent wide receivers oh, to them sure. when all, all they've done is tell us like, that's not how we're doing this and they're winning Super Bowls with it. So why would they ever change? And why do we expect them? to change with, with the chiefs. Um, and then with the Texans at, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I could see it. You have a cheap quarterback. They have money. Um, they traded away their, the, you know, their, their pick this year for, for will it, for the, the defensive end that they drafted last year, it would make some sense, but I would be a little surprised. I, I, I think, um, more so of like the timeline issue that like, the rest of their foundation is all like 23 years old and Mike Evans is older and he's going to want a longer term contract that I think they would probably like, they would rather like wait for Brandon Ayuk or wait for somebody like I could see, you know, Brandon Ayuk gets on the market. I could see them paying through the nose for Brandon Ayuk and have Ayuk, Nico tank all like age wise aligned with CJ Stroud type of a thing, but like a late twenties, you know, an old wide receiver doesn't seem to match for, for Houston. Yeah, I agree. I mean, especially when their third wide receiver was Noah Brown last year and was was producing. And was good. Yeah, and he was yeah. good. All right, what are you doing in this spot here? I mean, I, I look at Javante here. I think this okay. is the type of team that we'd be yeah, looking at, at Javante or a Swift or something like that to potentially bounce back this year. And I like Javante to bounce back this year. I'm not going to be like insane over but I'll probably be slightly over the field on Javante Williams this year based on where he's drafting, based on how I want to draft yeah, and taking shots on a guy like him, like Jalen Warren, like DeAndre Swift in this area will probably be usually my first or second running back in a lot of drafts, I would say. So I, I think that's a, a good spot. And we know that they like their running backs with, with um, Sean Payton's system, right? So if you get the right one and Javante Williams second year off that ACL could definitely be the right one. Yeah. You might be getting a slight steal in this eighth round. I'm not saying he could have first round potential. I mean, that's the absolute ceiling, but maybe he, he could outproduce everyone that we saw getting drafted from the fifth round on easily. Right. I mean, it's kind of wild that all those, veteran free agents are going one to three rounds 
ahead of him when he was going higher than them two years ago and yeah. is still younger is in a situation that is not amazing. Go, yeah. Please talk for me. And, and we also see this year after year where people are still bringing these running backs up. I mean, this is an extreme example, but look at Fournette last year. Fournette, older running back, gets released. He's a free agent. We're looking at him to get drafted. We're going to auto-draft Eric, if you can still hear me. We have 20 seconds on the clock here. Let's hope that we don't get the auto-draft. He's back at the desk. He's ready to draft somebody. We Love have 15 smoke seconds. detector. Smoke detector. Jalen Warren, Troy Franklin. I like Warren. Downs. Or uh, Warren. Warren's fine. Let's Warren. Just uh, yeah, I, yeah. I want to get. I want to get to. I'll be back in just a second. But yeah. I, I'm trying to get my Steelers running back exposure up a little bit, and this seems like a good team to do it. Perfect. So back to the Fournette point. A guy that was a free agent. Not saying that we were drafting him high. We we're drafting him late. But the concept remains where the age is there, the miles are there. He's a free agent. Usually they don't produce when they go out of there. And I know I'm kind of doing the Saquon thing, but he's a little bit younger. And I think that's an outlier situation, or at least I'm going to bet on that being the outlier. So I think that makes waiting till that eighth, ninth round such a better spot than going after a Joe Mixon now. I mean, Joe Mixon is clearly going to get cut by the Bengals. If he's not a free agent, they're not going to resign him. They're moving on from him. The reports are already out there that they're getting rid of him. So makes Chase Brown an interesting guy in that spot too but if you look at eric's exposures through the draft hacker <laughs> jalen warren was a much better pick as he was loading up I, even though we have burrow and it makes sense why those exposures are those exposures because you're making your bet on the Bengals there when we have burrow and we have jamar chase but mixing it up getting jalen warren here is, is a good thing another <clears throat> thing that we have uh uh coming out uh, shout out. Uh, he, he might be watching, but uh, Billy Jones is uh, working with us, doing some awesome um, kind of data science work for us. And he's working on this zero or, or has basically finished this zero RB piece. I got to do my part of it. And what you see. And so it, it's very fitting because we are drafting a zero running back team. And one of the examples that he showed was the Bengals from last year where zero RB has grown in popularity. But it's still it's still like a totally you know from a just a pure uh, raw percentage of teams drafting zero running back it's still pretty good, uh, especially the longer you wait, kind of like we did. The longer you wait, the less you know. Most people still can't like they get that itch in the fourth round or the fifth round mm -hmm. or whatever. When you do like we do, it's still very good. But within zero running back, then people draft so many of the same combinations of those players. A because like. You're waiting on running back, so you, you're like, okay, I took Chase. I'm going to take T. I'm going to take Burrow, and then my second running back is going to be Chase Brown, or whatever, because like it all, like every, it all, all those puzzle pieces fit together when you're doing the draft. And the next thing you see is, like in theory, all of those players should be right. If it's a zero running back team, they should all be eight percent within a because they're drafted in you know eight point three percent within zero running back teams. But what you end up seeing is like Jalen Warren was on twenty percent of zero running back teams, right? Um, I'm trying to think of, you know, other examples. T Higgins was on like 18% of zero running back teams. Then you look into the T Higgins teams and you're like, okay, he's on 20% of zero running back teams and 50% of those have Joe Burrow. And then 50% of those have 
Chase Brown or whatever. And you're like, I'm doing something good and unique with just the waiting on running back. But then my teams, my zero running back T Higgins teams look the exact same as everybody else's yeah. zero running back T Higgins teams. So um, it's, it's, it was, it was a really fascinating kind of a uh, data study there. All right. Back on the clock. Do you smoke detectors do you like, not going off? So that's nice. Do you like Roshan here? Like I do in this range in general. I, I was looking at the board the other day and I'm like, I really like amongst taken. amongst these guys. I really like Roshan Johnson, especially in the zero RB builds. I, I like thing, him in all builds to be to yeah. be completely honest, but it, it feels like a great pick in the 10th round. I like um so what I will say, I prefer Khalil Herbert to Roshan Johnson, mm-hmm. partially a cost thing. Um, but with I mean it's it's often a cost thing in in these kinds of conversations. But the real point is I just want the Bears running back. <laughs> like all we've seen, <clears throat> and I know Justin Fields is probably gone, <clears throat> but I don't expect it to change with Caleb Williams, assuming that assuming that Fields is gone. Or, you know, even if it's Drake May or Jaden Daniels, I suspect that the the running backs are going to be good assets to have in best ball. Now, the the great thing about these guys is that in managed leagues, nobody wants to take them because how the hell do you ever know when to start Khalil Herbert or Roshan Johnson unless the other one is hurt? But in best ball, we don't have to worry about that. And we get the benefits from if the other one goes down. And so we get this depressed cost on these Bears running backs when like, dude, look, I mean, look at the last multiple years, but look at last year, whoever got the ball was a freaking goldmine in fantasy on on a mediocre offense Dante Foreman multiple monster weeks Khalil Herbert down the stretch was awesome Roshan when he needed a little bit more game script but when the game script hit you got like 18 Roshan touches and it's like I just want that I just want that guy and now I think it's only two last year it sucked because it was three and it was really hard to you know figure out how to get your exposures right this year like I prefer Herbert but I want to get right now I want to get both of those guys and I suspect that'll remain the same for these next six months yeah i don't think they're going to be adding another like i don't think so. playable piece so uh it's quite gross sir how about ty chandler it's just i like this range um he is in <clears throat> in this area of running backs where i'm also tra- like i mean we just took like four running backs in a row, but it's showing you that I love this little pocket of the draft for running backs. Did we take four in a row? Yeah, we did. Javante, mm-hmm. Jalen Warren, Roshan, and Ty Chandler. But they all fit this. Um, uh, and first of all, KF Ball, I agree with you. I think Zamir is my second highest owned running back in, yeah. in all of this. <clears throat> but uh, I have a monster stand already on Zamir, and I don't have as much Roshan. And so that's, and I have a bunch of Khalil Herbert, and I just kind of outlined that I, I want to have my fair share of Roshan, even if I have more Herbert and I have more Zamir, I don't want to have zero Roshan. That's kind of what we were talking about before. That's like, I have a goal in mind and I have a zero running back goal. I'm trying to draft a bunch of zero running back teams, but then I don't want to get tunnel vision on only certain players from within that structure. When I like, I don't inherently dislike Roshan. I actually like him, but just because I like Zamir better doesn't mean I can't ever take Roshan. You know what I mean? Yeah. You get tunnel vision. Um, and it's interesting the point you brought up about just locking on players for specific type of builds because it becomes hive mentality almost. It's like, I mean, the Jalen Warren thing was perfect. The one that, that I pushed against last year, which ended up working out for me, 
was Devin Singletary. Mm. I love Devin Singletary at cost last year. A lot of the people that were drafting zero RB teams were not touching Devin Singletary. And I never yeah. thought that he was going to come and take the role the way he took the role. But I thought there was standalone value to begin with, with Devin Singletary and that offense. And I thought that if Pierce got injured, it would just be Singletary's job. Mm-hmm. Turns out he just took the job. He was just <laughs> better. He was just a better yeah. player. Not not even an outcome that I was relying on. So like when you see those situations where it is just two guys, um, even if it's a guy that we don't like, let's just say Najee, for example. I don't love Najee. No one loves Najee uh, other than Felix, who was in the chat. <laughs> but now that he's dropped to a level of you know, draftability, I'll take him on zero RB teams as the first running back. Will I cringe when I do it? Will I, will I vomit and leave the, leave it not muted? Yeah, probably, (laughs) you know, but we see that this is basically a great way to, to differentiate a build from people that want to build the way that we build and just like that collective hive mind. Cause it's going to happen again this year. People are still going to not draft, a Najee Harris because, well, I don't like that player. And it's like, mm-hmm. well, especially on underdog, dude, he ninth round, the, the Steelers like him enough that he's still going to get the ball. He's going to have usable weeks for sure. He makes sense this year. With, <clears> when the, the game script capital. goes, his, I mean, think about it, <clears throat> lead running back and goal line running back. He did it last year down the stretch. And like, like you said, that, that is not, just because I don't want to bet on the guy as a top four round pick doesn't mean he's a bad pick in the eighth round. He can yeah. actually be an amazing pick in the eighth round, but he he's not a great bet in the third round or the fourth round. And I think that can be a difficult thing to, to wrap your head around um, back on the clock in the, in the 12th round. Again, we're in this running back zone where I keep liking these running backs, but I also do really like Drake may here. Um, yeah. Trey, Trey Benson and Drake may um, would be the two guys that I like the most. Do you have any pushback on taking Drake May as our second quarterback? No, let's take May. Let's let's get that second QB and that position real quick. And uh, I also like it because we can just, you know, we we have ideas of where he's going, right? But we're not 100% sure on Drake May at the moment with with trade potential. So we don't have to actively go shopping for a stack. No, he's the favorite for sure for – what to land in Washington, but that's, I mean, if Washington decides they want Caleb bad enough and the bears decide they are willing to trade down, he could Drake may could be in Chicago. Drake may could be in new England. Drake may could be like, it's very, very, you know, somebody could move up to come get him. I, I think I'm targeting some of those situations with these rookie quarterbacks. Like, I mean, I did it last night. Uh, again, go. I drafted, I believe, uh, Caleb and Drake May were my only two quarterbacks on the team that I drafted last night. And I tried to, I specifically tried to uh, get some stacks with Washington and Chicago for those guys. But I don't think it's like some lock that they end up there. And so I'm drafting them with like some other rookie wide receivers. I'm drafting them with maybe some teams that are a little bit less likely in Atlanta you know, that, that kind of a thing where who knows, maybe that team does go up and get one of these guys. Uh, but like you said, it's, it's not, not something I'm forcing, but it is something I'm thinking about. 
Like when we get to pockets where like I'm deciding between four wide receivers, if one of them has the like a, this kind of even if it's a low probability chance, if they have a chance to play with a Drake May or something, that's a great way to to kind of lean into that player over another similar player. Definitely fair. We're about to be back on the clock right now with a two, three, five, two. Oh, sorry. Two, four, five, one build going on. The board is. Do you want to go Xavier Worthy here? Yes, I like I, I like Worthy. This is I, that's a great team to take Worthy on too. Yeah. I think I'm I'm like so so on him. Like mm-hmm. he's fine. Like he's not my favorite prospect. He's not my least favorite prospect. And so that's the exact kind of guy that like I'm just going to be somewhere around the field. I think you saw nine percent on my my exposure there on the screen. So you know we'll be ten. 10 or whatever percent here after this one. And then I won't take them a few more drafts and I'll be right at the market. And that's exactly what I want to do with those kind of players. And then, right, we we drafted a zero running back team and then backfilling those zero running back teams with these young slash rookie wide receivers is such a strong way to play in, in the big board, especially because we have Jamar Chase, Nico Collins, Jalen Waddle, Zay Flowers, and Christian Watson on this team. Yeah. If we if we need Xavier Worthy to be a superstar in week two, something went catastrophic. Word, word, word <laughs> this team sucks. Yeah, it's over. This yeah. team is absolutely terrible anyway. <clears throat> so we're we're able to buy time for to find that breakout, right? Amongst these these late like to find Jaden Reed, to find, you know, a couple years ago, Christian Watson, to find Amon Ross St. Brown from his rookie year. It we don't we don't need Puka or Jamar Chase on this team. We, but so we can buy time for those other rookie wide receivers. And I love drafting them on these kind of teams. Yeah. You just hit our wide receivers. Why don't we give a rundown of this entire team real quick? Super quick. I wanted to hit a couple of uh, uh, the okay. comments here in the chat, just from uh, KF ball was, you know, mentioning Zamir white and Roshan a, I, I, I'm right there with you. And I don't expect you, everyone. He says, I just joined and didn't notice your, or didn't see your ownership numbers. Yeah. I don't expect anybody to, especially audio listeners can't see them on the, on the screen. So we try to point them out when it's relevant. I don't expect anybody to know. And I agree. He just says, I just want whoever's the RB one for the Raiders. Yeah. I agree. That's why I'm drafting a ton of Zamir because the market thinks he's probably not the guy. And I'm like, but he very easily could be. He's probably the favorite to be to to be the starting running back for the Raiders. And so uh, I, I'm totally with you. I'm I'm totally with you. Yeah, Najee in the 80s is lovely. I know that's the thing. It's like Najee at pick 40 or in the second round or the first round of the last few years was terrible. But Najee in the 80s seems seems pretty fun. Colin also says the biggest thing that he learned from last year was drafting the backups of a guy that was that you know you considered. Wait, let me read this again. Backups of a guy that's considered the starter, but that, you know, isn't maybe a stud. Alexander Madison, Cam Akers, Damian Pierce, Miles Sanders. Nailed it. 100%. And those guys work awesome on zero running back teams, but those guys are just like awesome best ball picks. I don't care what your structure is. Maybe the best picks in all of best ball are the backups especially or like guys in ambiguous situations or in situations like that, like Miles Sanders, not a great talent. So draft Chuba Hubbard and then rook, like these rookie wide receivers and like those backup running backs, like you can just print money focusing on that, that little area, you know, that, that cohort of the player pool. All right. We're Ooh. back on the clock here. Um, I'll scroll a little bit. We only got 10 or so seconds. Anybody jump out to you. Otherwise, I'm going to 
throw Roman Wilson on here. Yeah, I see he's a guy that you have a lot of. So Yeah, but there. it was at a much cheaper price. Um, I just, when I'm defaulting, and some people may disagree with this, but when I'm defaulting like super late here and we, we're kind of in a, a spot where I, I don't want to say we need a wide receiver because we have four running backs and we're going to you know get to probably like eight running backs for sure, seven. Um, but again, I just, I really, really passionately believe you should default to like rookies or like young, young players, uncertain situations, backup running backs, um, like was brought up in the chat, just like defaulting to those is like really an ideal strategy. And especially when you're streaming and you run the clock down to 10 seconds before you even look at who's available. I was a little interested in Marvin Mims there too, to be honest. Oh, I'm, uh, what? What is it about Marvin? Do you think, are you willing to write off the rookie season from someone like Marvin Mims? Because it was about as bad as it gets. Yeah, it was pretty bad, but I think we saw flashes of what he could be for a best ball talent. I don't want him on, on like managed teams ever. <laughs> no, God. Right, no. But, but not even close. But on a team like this where we've already outlined that we are really strong at the wide receiver position, Marvin Mims produces he, this round 14 this is a dude that can fly that I do like to have for some individual spike weeks. We might be seeing Judy gone. We might see Cortland. I, I don't know what they're going to do with the receiving corps. Looks like they're trying to strip it as much as they can. I, I, I'm not looking to, I'm probably not even looking to be 8% on him, but I am looking to take some shots okay. on him here and there. You know what I mean? Like yeah. he's not, I'm not trying to get overweight on him, but second year, you know, it, it it's good to bet on second year players in general, like as we've learned in the past. So I see you All got right. Elijah Mitchell I got, I, locked in. I here. love I love Elijah Mitchell. We don't have to. Well, I, I was going to ask about some of the tight ends because we. I was going to ask about Johnson. You like you. to let, let's do Juwan. Um, yeah. We obviously are going to be taking a second tight end. I don't think <clears throat> we're in a spot in the draft that. Yeah, of course. Uh, DBO here just snap called Elijah Mitchell. I don't even think I clicked the button on Juwan before Elijah Mitchell was <laughs> on his team. Uh, so clearly uh, we were both uh, into Elijah Mitchell there, but I have a bunch. I believe it said 26% Elijah Mitchell and a hundred percent of my Jamar Chase teams, or it was either Jamar Chase or Joe Burrow. I couldn't remember a hundred percent of them have Elijah Mitchell on them. And um, which is like, it, it's not the worst thing in the world. Again, I'm also showing my little board exposure. So that's my 20 little board teams. But um, Juwan is like a, one of those guys we talked about before that I actually like him. I think I might have him ranked above ADP, but because of the way that I'm drafting, I end up, I haven't, I haven't even taken him. You saw 0% on your screen. I haven't taken him at all. And there's no real rhyme or reason to it other than I'm taking mostly those early tight ends. So I'm comfortable being underweight that, but, but then when I, when I, I, we only have Mark Andrews, we're going to be taking another tight end. Those are the good teams to be like, I'm going to get my couple of shares of Jawan Johnson on this specific team because I didn't end up, you know, getting my two tight ends before Kyle Pitts or whatever. Um, in a, we're not in a spot where like, oh, nope, we have to take wide receiver. We have to take running back. It's a great spot to fit in a guy where you're like, yeah, I like Juwan. You know, he's fine. I like Juwan fine. I don't want to have zero. I don't necessarily want to have zero, but he's not like a big staple of my my portfolio. I like to find times to mix those guys into. 
Yeah, I've actually been grabbing Jawan Johnson. Not not like super overweight, but mm-hmm. I've grabbed him once or twice in that range just for all the reasons you laid out. And he's kind of fit the team sort of like, because this is, this is the type of team I've been drafting, the one that we have here, with the mixture of some hero RB teams as well. But even so, it still mixes in perfectly. So I, I like him. I mean, Derek Carr is there to stay. He's going to be looking for Jawan Johnson, as we know. They're going to probably be playing from behind. They're probably going to have to throw the ball a bit, even though they tried not to. They they cut. They don't want to. They, Michael they Thomas is gone officially. Today. Oh, did that did that happen today? Today, yeah. I mean, what? How crazy! What a fall from grace that Michael Thomas, the former wide receiver at one overall in fantasy and first round pick in fantasy is officially cut or not being brought back or whatever the exact uh, verbiage that we should use on like, he's done with the saints. And it was just like, Oh yeah, Michael Tom. Oh yeah. Michael Thomas isn't on the saints anymore. And it's just like, Oh wow. Finally, you know, it's, it's not like, Holy shit. That's crazy. It's like, Oh yeah, no big deal. Whatever. We've been waiting for that to happen (laughs) Yeah, for three years. Yeah. Uh, and he'll be a guy that just ends up still getting. He'll sign with somebody. He sounds like a patriot. Don't don't put that on me. <laughs> Panthers. Oh, he's definitely a panther. <laughs> they don't have any draft picks, and nobody wants to play for him. So it's like empty. Nobody else wants you. Why don't you come over here and be another shitty dust ball for Bryce to throw over his head? <sighs> what do we any- do here? Of these guys here, I'm gonna toss Tez Walker into the queue. Um, because another rookie that I kind of am interested in but don't have any of, I don't like any of these running backs, is part of why I'm putting yeah, they're not good. Let's so let's take Tez and then let's load up our queue with a bunch of running backs. All right, um, because you know, this is obviously our eighth uh, wide receiver, and we only have four running backs with the zero RB start. I would like to just finish out the draft with four running backs and that'll allow us to uh, <laughs> uh, not be too pressured on the clock. If we can kind of build a little bit of a queue here, but um, it's also a good way for us to kind of talk through some guys. You know, you can pop out some guys that you like. I can throw some in there that I like. Are you just out on Gibson completely? Yeah, now? He's, he's a free agent. So I, I yeah, guess I should, I mean, like, I, I guess I shouldn't say completely out, but I just don't know what path he has as a free agent to relevance given yeah, that's my question too how many other free agent running backs there are right, right. like <laughs> derrick henry austin eckler tony pollard josh jacobs saquon barkley like all these guys are free agents w- w- where does antonio gibson land that he's fantasy relevant you know if we're i'm worried about all those other guys nick chubb like i'm worried about all those guys <laughs> antonio gibson is worse is much worse than all of them so i just don't know how he could land anywhere relevant yeah, that's, that's like because it feels like teams that would make sense don't need them. Like Cincinnati, for example, the team we we put Burrow and he just doesn't fit to me in Cincinnati. So like, where does he fit? Yeah, what team needs him? And I just don't know who who needs him, other than I don't know. Is he a Charger if Eckler's gone? Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like like it, yeah. it's just it's hard to. Is he? Does he go to the Jets? Does he back up Brees there? Yeah, and that's what I clicked in. Who I think is going to be Brees's backup as a a band of as of the moment, here. right? Yeah. yeah. Um, 
and I know you got to jump here in, in just a minute. So I just want to get, if you have uh, any of these running backs that you do actually like, <laughs> actually like well, what, back here, what about, I, can, I can land the plane. What about Gainwell? I, I mean, like, I, I know we keep trying to make Gainwell fetch, but <laughs> yes, Gainwell is very much fetch, <laughs> <laughs> but but I mean, it's if Swift's not back, we know the team does like him. They do want to get him the ball. He does do things. Isn't this the the best? Isn't this the best news blurb ever for Kenneth Gainwell? Small steps forward <laughs> in third season is the news blurb on on his name, which is so fitting. Also, he's very small. Um, I think he's fine. I think yeah. at absolute stone worst, he's going to have some form of contingent value. And probably yeah. some form of like he's not going to play zero snaps. I think that they like him. I think that they trust him. And there's val- there's just inherent value in that. And quite frankly, Swift was better than him. So Swift got all that work. I don't know that they'll bring Swift back. And the Eagles turned into a fucking disaster. So it was like really hard to see if anybody's any good <laughs> when the Eagles couldn't move the ball on anyone. So um, I think he's fine to mix in in the late rounds. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry I have to jump everybody, but I have Hometown Ghost Stories duties to do right now. So I'll catch you later. Watch Hometown Ghost Stories tonight at 9 p.m. Eastern. We yes, um, just won this draft where you're going to land the plane and we're going to make $200,000. A hundred percent. All right. Later, everybody. All right. Thank God he's gone. That's what we've been waiting for. Um, but no, we're in my sweet spot now. This is This is one of my favorite parts to draft. The shitty running backs that probably turn into nothing. Um, but I'm gonna start to build out this queue a little bit and go because that can help me walk through some of the guys that I like here. You see uh Izzy Abanacanda in the queue, Chris Rodriguez in the queue. I like those guys as um either exciting young talents, which I think Chris Rodriguez is a little bit more in this mold, or potentially exciting young talents in Abanacanda, who uh <laughs> this is good. This is great. Definitely. Time to change. We're changing courses. Uh, uh, be ready for some turbulence. Please put your seatbelts on. Be ready for the air masks to pop down. Uh, but no, uh, some of these running backs. So Chris Rodriguez is a guy who I've, I've, I'm, I'm going to be moving up quite a bit. I think actually, uh, in upon some further research, I, f- I feel reasonably confident that he's good. I feel reasonably confident that he will be the backup quarterback or backup quarterback backup. Maybe the backup quarterback. The, that's how bad Sam Howell is the backup running back for the commanders. And that situation is really good for running backs in the, a, a pretty good offense. Uh, I think it's going to be a pretty good offense <clears throat> and cliff Kingsbury. We can say whatever we want. So I'm going to take C rod here. Uh, Cause I'm trying to get my, trying to get my weight up on Chris Rodriguez. Um, and, you know, most of these guys are not going to be anything. And so if they draft someone or bring in a, a veteran, so be it. Uh, but I think he's going to be on the team, which is like half the battle with uh, with some of these guys. And uh, like this is this is 100 uh, percent. Jay Macko says, uh, couldn't pay me to touch Alexander Madison. That's how I feel. We have a lot of these guys back here. Alexander Madison, uh, Tank Bigsby, Miles Sanders. Right. You have those guys back here. So, like, I would rather lean into, you know, maybe Chris Rodriguez is the backup to Brian Robinson. Maybe he's the 1B to Brian Robinson. You know, I don't know, but I have that upside 
with that and the potential contingent value of those guys. Whereas I know Alexander Madison has no upside, right? I know some of these guys have no upside. So that's why you see, I take a lot of these like rookies and young players and handcuff type guys, Ronnie rivers, one of my favorite late round running backs, because I am pretty confident. He'll be, I'm, I'm very confident. He'll be back with the Rams. And then I'm pretty confident. He'll be back with the Rams as the backup to Kyron Williams. Is that a certainty? Of course not, but that's why he's a 19th and a 20th round pick. And so getting the potential handcuff in the Rams backfield, which I know is really valuable is like a great pick for me here back amongst this, this mess that is uh, the late round running back pool. So um, the Rodriguez, Ronnie rivers, like I said, a band those kind of guys are targets for me with in the late round running back mix. Uh, and priorities, quite frankly. Uh, I'm trying to make Chris Rodriguez more of a priority. I am going to take Ronnie Rivers here. And so I just want to, that was the, my 19th round pick. So I got one more pick and it's going to be a running back. So I just want to run down the running back group um, and and kind of talk through how it fits into zero running back. So first, Billy says uh, uh, more on this later, but it is kind of funny if you've seen uh, the research that Billy did. Uh, zero running back with Jalen Warren. Uh, is like a, a, a meat probably can become a meme. But we take Javante as our first running back who is like a pretty good anchor on a zero running back team. Like he's definitely going to play. He could be awesome. Uh, he was once a second round pick for the Denver Broncos. And then he blew out his knee. W- what does that mean for him next year? He wasn't very good last year. Does he bounce back? I don't know, but that's the kind of moon shot, you know, shoot the moon type of a situation that I like, but also is going to have some form of a role, right? So I'm getting something early. Jalen Warren, kind of a similar thing. Uh, Definitely has the upside. Definitely a good player is the one B to Najee Harris's one a, but also there's a little bit of uncertainty, right? With Arthur Smith coming in. Uh, Arthur Smith has supported multiple running backs. He certainly did in, in Atlanta, Roshan, right? Uh, uh, similar to a Jalen Warren, a much worse, probably a much worse version to a Jalen Warren, but in this split backfield that we're excited about. So contingent value plus maybe some standalone value. Ty Chandler, again, at worst contingent value at best is the uh, stone cold starting running back for the, for the Minnesota Vikings. Kenneth Gainwell, kind of a, uh, a, uh, <laughs> a fetch. It's a, fe- it's a fetch pick. And then some of my late round, uh, running back, you know, handcuff type guys that I think the market is not appropriately pricing their probability of being a the handcuff in their backfield. And they're really high value backfields. Washington and Los Angeles are pretty high value backfields. So um, you can see here, I take some of these, these kind of guys, Cody Schrader and Dylan Johnson. If you want to hear some of my takes on them, uh, there's a, a nice, really short, brief, four hour podcast with Pat Corrine that you can go listen to that's on the channel um, or in your podcast feed. If you prefer audio versions, you know, you, you'll probably be done by about the time best ball mania drops if you start it later. Um, but I like those guys more than the market does trying to quickly see if there's it. It's gotten gross back here. I will say once, once some of my guys got moved up, Ray Davis and those kind of guys got moved up. I have, a, I, I kind of, oh no, not Ty Johnson. I, I might take a Monty Bailey here just to mix through some of the rookie Jawar Jordan. Oh no, here we go. All right. I got a, a little mini cue here. Um, 
head to, <laughs> this is great. Head to the uh, one hour and 48 minute mark of the four hour extravaganza to dumpster dive on shitty running backs that are probably never going to do anything in the NFL, but maybe we should, uh, maybe we should draft them in best ball. Shout out to Nova says personally, I love the four hour rookie vomit. Yeah. The rookie vomit. I like that. And we're going to steal that. Uh, we're going to steal that uh, phrase. I, I'm going to go to uh, Evan, my guy, Evan Hull here, actually totally avoiding these rookie running backs. Um, Evan Hull was a guy who I was pretty excited about last year. I drafted quite a bit. <clears throat> when the JT drama was happening, Evan Hull was actually running with the ones for the Colts. Zach Moss had a broken hand. JT was hurt in holding out slash whatever the hell was going on with JT there. And uh, Hull was a pretty exciting prospect actually out of out of Northwestern. Uh, was really dominant from a dominant dominant from a dominator perspective. He was kind of their whole offense. Him and actually Malik Washington uh at northwestern were the entire offense the offense was bad but they were the entirety of it he catches passes he's a really good pass protector he's actually a really sneaky good athlete he just didn't do anything last year because he got hurt right away immediately week one out for the season um i don't expect zach moss to be back and certainly jonathan taylor is there and locked and loaded but i i'm i would bet on evan hall being the backup to jonathan taylor um and so i'm, I'm gonna buy some of him in the last round amazing awesome uh robert griffin it was amazing i may listen to it at least two more times this best all season awesome i'm really glad that you uh that you guys uh liked it matthew i absolutely love that four hour show i devour these podcasts you're very much like me obviously i'm very long-winded so that's what happens when I'm on podcasts and shows and such. But uh, I, that's also my preferred style of content. Like I don't really like the um, super duper highly produced and edited and like scripted. And like that's not the content that I prefer myself personally. I like to hear people have frank, honest, unscripted conversations and like actually get into their brain and get into how they think about things and like process things and and conversate with somebody else that's really how i like it and so that's kind of the uh the the content that we're gonna probably put out because that's what i prefer and that's how i operate also as well um matthew i see your comments i do have to run so i i, I promise you that i will get to some luke mccaffrey takes and and all of that stuff on the next one i promise so catch us catch us next week i'll make sure um if you can join us please do join us um, if everybody can hit the like and the subscribe button on the way out, that would be, that would be awesome. We'd be back Monday and Tuesday with more draft streams. And I already got a couple of other things recorded that will come out this week. Uh, if you play DFS, I think you'll like particularly one of the conversations. And, uh, like I said, some more, uh, video pods, uh, coming out and every Monday and Tuesday here going forward, if you want to do some live draft streams, we'll be here on the channel. Thank you guys for joining us. Yes. A Matthew. Thank you for shouting that out. Also link to the discord. It's totally free in the description. All right, guys, have a wonderful evening. Catch you next time. Peace. Those were some spicy takes. Want to stay up to date with all of the other spicy takes we're going to have over here at Spike Week? Why don't you press that subscribe button below? You turn notifications on. We draft a team. Boom. You know about it. We have another spicy take. Boom. You know about it. You can be there. You can draft with us. You want to stay up to date. That's how you do it. All right. We'll catch you later next time here at Spike Week.